would flip over to Ephesians chapter number 6. And um, as you, as you are, yes. Yes, thank you. Tomorrow night. And chapter 6, right? We're going to be at 6 here in... Yep. <laughs> All right. Yep, so right here, right over there, tomorrow night at 6.30. 6.30. All right, chapter 6. Let me, let me pray real quick once again. We, we pray a lot around here. Um, but I, I, I always need to kind of... Uh, Give the Lord a chance to start speaking through me here. Lord, thank you for your word. You, you're, thank you that you have left us this witness of you down through the, the generations and thousands of years that you have preserved this book. Lord, to, to, it's, a, it's a miraculous book to have 66 different books by so many different authors that all work together, that coincide together, they, um, uh, prophecy is fulfilled in, in such a way that only you could put it all together and you only you could preserve it for us. So, Lord, we know that you're greater even than this book, even though it's a holy book. So, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would speak through me today, speak through your word, and um, let us hear from you. Let us hear how we can um, be more like you in everything we do. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let me, um, I'm going to read this little short section this morning and uh, take a little jaunt um, for, for a few minutes um, because as, uh, as we saw with marriage, I think this is speaking to us a whole lot more than just the family relationships that um, Paul is addressing because it's not just family between like me and Ruth and our, our girls it's family as in we've got a family here at church right so it's family relationships but it's also family relationships so starting in verse 1 it says children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right honor your father and mother which is the first commandment with a promise so that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Slaves, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling in the sincerity of your heart as to Christ. Not by way of eye service as men pleasers, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. With good, uh, with good will, will render service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good thing each one does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether slave or free. And masters do not, I'm sorry, do the same things to them and give them, um, I'm sorry, give up threatening, knowing that both their, their master and yours is in heaven and there is no partiality with him. So children, o obey your parents. Um, I, I kind of joke, this says, you know, this is the first um, blessing with the promise. It says, "For that way you will have a, a long and prosperous life." And uh, the the whole idea is, if you don't, then then you'll be killed, <laughs> right? Um, I, it's it's the whole thing. I brought you into the world. I'll take you out. 
Um, but in, in all seriousness, uh, when, you, when you look at this passage, let me give you a, just a little bit of background. You know, we have such a, a wonderful blessing that, to live in the time and place that we do. Um, wherever Christianity has gone in the world, um, the, the way people are treated has, has risen, I mean, uh, dramatically. Um, you know, uh, we've talked about husbands and wives. Um, women were, were not much um, different than a slave in a lot of societies um, until Christianity went in. And then all of a sudden, the, the, the place of, of women in the family and the place of women in society is lifted. Uh, children were, ver- ver- were very much the same. Uh, in the Roman world, a, um, a child, especially a son, because a, a woman would often, you know, once she married off, she, were under, she would be under her husband's authority. But a son was um, considered to be um, under his, uh, his father's authority all the days that his father lived. So it didn't matter if his dad was 80 and he was 50, he was still under his dad's authority. And he was, he was supposed to obey his, his father. A, a father had um, absolute authority in the home. Um, and really for a child, whether the child lived or whether the child died. And oftentimes, it's very similar to some things that have happened even in China and different places um, in, the last, in the last 20 years. A, a child, like um, sometimes you know, the, the sons were the ones that were really valued. So um, I, I read it in, in like a historical account where uh, it was a, a guy who was, he was actually not at home, but he was writing his wife, and it was very, very endearing to his wife. Oh, you know, I miss you, you know, I love you, love the kids, and the, his wife is pregnant, and, and he just, you know, says, hey, you know, if it's a boy, keep it. If it's a girl, um, put her outside and let her die. And uh, what, they, what they would do is there was a place that um, for unwanted children, if they didn't want the child, they would take the child out and, like, take it to the, take it to the local Coliseum or whatever and leave it out there. And uh, whether for the child to either live or die, or sometimes people would come along and take the, take the child and raise it and, re- and re- normally raise it for um, either a slave or prostitute. And, uh, but that was the prerogative of the um, man of the house to be able to decide whether the child lived or died. And that was the Roman world. That was the world that Paul was writing to. And so let us um, be very, very grateful for what God did and for what Christianity has done because, praise God, we don't live in that society anymore where um, I, know, I know we do face a whole lot of um, bad stuff. You know, Carolyn, we, we, we're rejoicing, right, that the bill was struck down once again, um, the assisted suicide bill. Uh, which seems to come up every year. We're going to pray that it doesn't come back up. Um, but, uh, you know, this is, we are living in such a better society, and it's better because um, whether or not you look around society right now and go, oh, yeah, we're following God as a society, Christianity has made its mark here in the United States, and we live in a much better place than where, uh, where they were when Paul wrote. So, so Paul writes, children, o- obey your parents, for this, is, for this is right. Now, I'm going to get back to that here in just a little bit as far as the more natural um, uh, 
more natural relations because truly a um, well, let me let me just let me just let me just go there first. How about, how about that? Um, you, you know, when kids are born, uh, it is much more about um, obedience rather than submission. You can't you can't tell a, a one year old uh, to say, um, you know, you need to submit to your mommy and daddy. They don't they don't understand that because submission. You know, when we talked about wives submit submit to your husbands. It's not, it's not a, an obedience thing. It's not, you must do this. And if you don't, there's consequences. Submission is a heart attitude where someone gives their heart to the other person and says, I know that you love me. Therefore, I am giving you my heart and I am going to do what you say. All right? Let me say that one more time because it, it, this is very important. We'll get into this a little bit um, more uh, in some other, you know, in a more of a spiritual aspect too. But submission is not, um, you know, I'm not telling Ruth to submit, all right? Ruth is in her heart saying, I submit to you because I love you and I'm willingly giving my heart to you to, um, to do what you wish, right? We're supposed to do this with, with the Lord, right? Right? God's not up there with a the big baseball bat saying, Carolyn, if you don't submit to me, I'm going to thump you on the head. But he, what he wants is for us to say, Lord, you love me and you have given your life for me, so I'm going to willingly give my heart to you. And whatever you say, that's what goes. There, there's a quote in, in the discipleship book. It said, you cannot say no, Lord, and have them both be true. You, you know, they're, they're either you're saying no and he's not your Lord or you're saying he is your Lord, and you can't say no because you have submitted your heart to him. With kids, this says, children, obey your parents. I know when, um, when, we, when we had our kids, and actually before we, had, uh, before we had kids, we went through a, a, um, a, a parent, um, I'm sorry, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a, like a conference. It was a parenting conference, and a guy, a guy spoke, and a Christian is at church, and he said, you know, the, the goal of parenting is to teach your kids to hear your voice and to respond so that they can hear God's voice and respond. So when they're, when they're little, it's not about getting them to, sub, it's, it's not about um, just talking to them in, in a way to, they will submit their heart. They have to learn to obey first, right? They obey first. It, it's... You know, when they're, when they're really little, it's teaching them how to sleep because they don't actually know how, I mean, they, they can sleep, but they want to sleep whenever they want to sleep and not when it's supposed to be sleep time. So it's teaching them how to sleep. It's then then it's, it's teaching them how to share. It's teaching them that, no, you don't tell your mommy no when they say come here. Right? It's, it's teaching them how to eat. It's teaching, it's teaching them to obey in the little things so that when they get to the age that they can start understanding, then they can make those right choices to not just submit because you know, they are responding to um, uh, an, an external stimuli, shall I say, um, but they are submitting because they, they want to in their hearts. You know, it's, it's been um, uh, really great to see, you know, Karis is, uh, she's of age, technically. She's out on her own, but she, she, she talks to us all the time, which is awesome. I love it. She calls and says, hey, 
uh, mommy, daddy, what do you think I should do about this? And you know, sometimes we'll say, you know, it's up to you, but you know, here's some options. Or, um, <laughs> or we'll be saying, Karis, how's your homework coming? Karis, you're not doing X, Y, and Z until you get your homework done. And she'll say, yes, ma'am, or yes, sir. <laughs> okay, and now she's out on her own. But you know what? We have taught her in such a way that she knows us and she loves us and she respects our authority, not because she has to, but because she wants to and because she submits because it is a willingness of her heart to do so. And um, that's the goal, is to have that willing submission of the heart. And that's why, how, why you know, it says um, for parents to train up their, your children in the, in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. You know, you, you start by getting them to obey so that later in their life that they will willingly submit, okay? And that does, it does have a promise that they, will, that they will live a long and prosperous life. Now, as with marriage, right, I, I start, I, when I, we went over the marriage relationship, I said, I really think the Lord is saying a lot more because the, the marriage is talked about, about Christ and the church, right? Jesus in the church, Adam and Eve, Jesus in the church. How should, we, how should we respond? How should we look? Well, husbands should love their wives as Christ loves the church. You need to love them. You need to care for them. Wives, you should submit just like the church submits to Jesus. Why? Because that people out here watching, we should be able to say, look, we are the shining example of this is what it looks like to, to, be, to be serving a loving God. This is it. Now, in the same way, um, a, and I'm going to use the biblical language, okay? So a father-son relationship is a very biblical relationship. Now, I'm, I'm including mothers-daughters, okay, in that. But why I'm saying father-son is because we know that God is a father, Right? And God has a son. And Jesus is also God. Right? So, you, so God is a father. And God is also a son. Right? Is that correct? I mean, let me say this one, one more time. God is a father. Right? And we, we, should, we should be understanding fatherhood. Motherhood. Okay? But we should understand fatherhood because God is a father and example to us as a father. Jesus also is God. He is a son. And he is, should, we should understand sonship, daughtership if that's a word, right? In, in the way that Jesus modeled the father-son relationship. Make sense? So children, obey your parents. There's, there's a much more meaning there. Did, did Jesus obey his parent? Both the, 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 his um, spiritual father, yes, and his natural mother-father. Did he obey? Yes. Did he, did he submit? Yes. It was, remember, remember we talked about just a, a few weeks ago, Jesus in the garden how, and I believe the garden is where, you know, really the, the choice was made, right? He was in the garden. He was sweating blood because that was where the choice was. 
you know, it was, am I going to submit to the Father and do exactly what he wants me to do with, in, in going to the cross? Or am I going to call down 10,000 angels and we're going to wipe everybody out? Right? And he said, no, I'm going, to, I'm going to submit to my Father. Not my will, but your will be done. Now, do, does anybody, um, uh, it, who, who is the most powerful person to ever live? Jesus, right? Is there anything that Jesus couldn't do? No, like, you know, he, he wasn't in more than one place at a time because he was still flesh and blood as well as, as 100% God. But Jesus was the most powerful. He was also the most submitted person. Remember, he says, I don't do anything except what I see my father doing. Right? That's the father, son, mother, daughter, okay, relationship there of submission to authority. Now, we need to have, um, let, me, let, me, let me give a few more examples of this in Scripture before I, before I move on. Um, there, this father-son idea is throughout Scripture, Okay, and, and I, I'm not going to dive too deeply, and I just want to give you a couple of examples. Abraham is the father of faith, right? He has um, Isaac. Remember Isaac, it, uh, he, he sacrifices, okay? Doesn't go all the way through with it, but they go to sacrifice Isaac. You know, Isaac, they, Isaac carries the wood. Isaac crawls up on the altar. He lets his dad, who's really aged at the time, tie him down, right? Perfect example of submission, um, Isaac has Jacob and Esau. Remember? Right? And who, who's, who's the older? Esau is the older. Who gets the, who gets the blessing? Jacob. Um, here's, here's what happens with Jacob and Esau. And there's actually, with, with Jacob and Esau, there's, there's, there's inheritance and there's blessing. Okay? Um, and Jacob ends up getting both. Uh, remember with with um, Jacob and Esau, uh, um, Esau had, had gone out hunting. He came in and said, I'm really famished. you have anything to eat? And Jacob says, yeah, I got this stew going. Well, give me some of that before I die. And Jacob said, well, sell me your birthright first. All right? So this is, this is the, the inheritance part. Okay? Esau despised the inheritance. He rebelled against his parents. He despised the inheritance. And what I mean by the, the inheritance is the natural stuff. He didn't want the, the, the tent. He didn't want the livestock. He didn't want, he, he, he didn't, he didn't want to, to follow his mom and dad. He didn't submit to his mom and dad. Esau didn't care. Oh, sure, just, I don't care. What do I need with the birthright? Take my birthright. Just give me some of that stew before I die. Okay, here you go. But what Esau wanted is he wanted the blessing. See, the blessing is the, uh, is the power to, to make wealth and to have prosperity. He didn't care about the natural stuff that his, that his parents had accumulated, but he wanted the power to go along with it. And so when, when Jacob was old, um, he was wanting to bless Esau, and um, uh, Rachel stepped, not Rachel, um, Rebecca, Rebecca stepped in, and... I'm sorry. Thank you. Isaac. Isaac is wanting to bless Esau. And his mom steps in and says, Hey, Jacob, 
I'm going to prepare this, this goat just like your, like your dad wants. That way you're going to get the blessing. Go dress yourself up like Esau, right? Deceive your dad. Not a good thing to do. But he receives the, the blessing. He receives the inheritance. He receives the, the promise, um, the, the blessing of his father. The blessing of the father is the power to, to succeed, Okay. It's it's amazing. You know, there's two times recorded when when Jesus hears the voice of the Father when he is, you know, hears audibly. We know that he heard the Spirit, we know that he walked by the Spirit, right? But audibly is recorded that he hears the voice of the Father during his ministry. What did he say? What did the Father say? This is my son. This is my son at his baptism, at the um, Mount Transfiguration. This is my son. Why? Because this is, this is, God is empowering. This is a father-son relationship. The, in, in inheritance, okay, get this, inheritance is not what you get by the, the work of your own two hands. Right? It, it's a gift. It's what you receive because of that father-son relationship. Because the mother-daughter, the father-daughter relationship there. Right? It's what you receive as a gift. We need the father-son, mother-daughter relationships here in the church. And I'm not saying we don't have them. I'm saying this is the way that Christianity operates. This is the example that God gives, right? I, I, I tried to make that point before I came to this, this part. That God is a father and God is a son. And if we are supposed to be like Jesus, then we need to have that father-son relationship. Remember, what, what's, the, um, what's the part of Handel that we sing at Christmas? And, they sh- and he shall be called, what? Wonderful, Counselor, Almighty God, what? Everlasting Father. Wait a second. Did they switch places? He should be called Wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace, the Everlasting Father. Why? Because Jesus is not only a a son to a father, but he becomes a father. Right? Adam was the father of the human race. Jesus is the father of the new race. We need to model that and be a son, a daughter to a father and mother. We need to be, uh, also be a father or a mother to others. Now, here, here's, here's the kicker. Okay? In order to become a mother or a father, you need to be first a son or a daughter. If you want to be a father or mother, you need to be a son or daughter first. Let me, let me, let me say that one more time. I'm going to elaborate what, what I'm meaning here. In order to be a father or mother, right? Naturally speaking, you have to be a son or daughter before you're going to be a father or mother, right? 
But supernaturally speaking, it's the exact same way. If you want to have supernatural kids, you need to be a son or a daughter to someone else. Me, I've got, you know, I, um, Papa Tony is one of my, is one of my, my spiritual dads. He, he calls me regularly. And when I pick up the phone, it's, Hello, son, how are you? I love it. I love being, I mean, I, I, I love my, my, my uh, physical father, huge. I love being called somebody's spiritual son. Mm-hmm. It just means so much to me because that's, that's the voice of the father speaking, right? Hello, son, how you doing? You know, he, that's, what he, he, that's what he calls me regularly. Hey, son. Well, son, this is what I think you should do. Right? I call, we call um, Bev, Mama Bev. It, it's spiritual family. You know, um, John Alley is another one. I, you know, I, I don't talk to him as much, but I, um, he has son's meetings uh, over Zoom about every other Wednesday. And so um, I try to, you know, I'll, I'll get off the Zoom meeting with the church and immediately go over and, and jump in the son's, son's call. And it's, it's um, for him, it's, it's father-son because he, you know, he, um, he's pouring into to men that are looking to him as, as father. And he, he just, he'll sit there and we'll just chat about stuff. He's writing a book. And so we'll chat about the book and he'll talk about what's going on and people will ask him questions. And it's just a time for a dad to pour into kids. And it is, it's wonderful. So, children, obey your parents. Sons, daughters, find a parent if you don't have one. Look, I, as, as the pastor, and this is, this, is, this is the hard part, this is the difficult part for me to kind of step out here on the limb, but I, I, should, be the, I should be the head parent, Okay? But that doesn't mean I need to be the only one. All right? There's a lot of you men and women who need to be parents. Some of you are already. Some of you need to, yeah, you, you need to be praying for some spiritual sons and daughters to say, Here, c- come alongside. Let me, I, I, I'm, I'm going to pick on Steve a second here. Um, I, I love what, what's, what Steve does. Steve's, Steve will call somebody up and say, hey, I need somebody to go hiking with, or I need somebody to go biking with. And he uses it as an opportunity for discipleship and, and care and to evangelize. And, you know, but that's, that's being a dad, right? That's being a spiritual dad saying, hey, let's go spend time. Let me pour into you. Sometimes it's, you know, somebody will come to know the Lord. Other times it's just, you know, let me, spending time with somebody and raising them up. Are you... A, are you a son or a daughter to someone? If you have to think about it, then you probably need to settle, get that settled with somebody. If you don't have one, just talk to me, talk to Ruth if you're a lady, okay? All right? Or there's other ladies in the church, maybe you'll relate to someone better. That's fine, I don't care. Just get with somebody. Get with somebody who's spiritually mature, who um, they, can, they can guide you, they can direct you, that you can go to them and say, hey, um, 
I need prayer for this. Would you pray for me? Or what would you do in this situation? Just like Karis would call up and say, hey, I've got these options. What, do you, what, what should I do? Maybe help, help talk through that. You need to be able to call somebody up day or night and, and say, look, I need prayer or I need help. I need direction. I need, I need inspiration. Do you have a mother or a father that you can do that with? I'm talking a spiritual mom or dad. I know I can call. I've got physical mom and dad I can do that with. And I've got really good friends that I can do that with. I've got spiritual parents I can do that with. And if it's the middle of the night, I can call John Alley in Australia because it's not the middle of the night there. <laughs> right? Do you have one of those? Because inheritance comes from the blessing of the fathers. And really... Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. There's an anointing for that, okay? That I want to. I've. I've spoken to that before. I'm gonna release that again. Um, but this is the. What what John Alley says. This is the new wineskin of the church, is that father-son, mother-daughter relationship. This is how we're supposed to operate, and this is what is going to make us, okay, us here. Those who aren't here. Those who are coming in into a family. You know, we are a family, we're the family of God, but if we want to be really connected and be able to bring other people in and say, come be part of the family, right? It's that, it's that mother, daughter, father, son relationship. And, it, and the great thing is, it's not about control, right? It's about, I am going to submit my heart to you because I know you love me. Okay? So, fathers and sons, um, I think I got that covered. Okay. Um, then the next, let me, let me move on from there because this is, um, again, uh, we, we want our kids to grow up right, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. But we need to be a family that grows up right as well spiritually. So we've got a, we've got a father, right, in heaven. We've got the son of God showing us an example. Then, like I said, find somebody. Let's, let's move on. Um, slaves, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling in the sincerity of your heart as to Christ, not by way of eye service as men pleasers, but as slaves of Christ. Did you see that? Mm -hmm. Slaves of Christ doing the will of God from the heart. With good will render service as to the Lord, not to men. Knowing that whatever good thing each one does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether slave or free. See it? Whether slave or free. Masters do the same things to them and give up threatening, knowing that, that both their master and yours, their master and yours is in heaven. Okay? So this is back to family relationship. The, um, the slaves were in some way part of the family. Now, again, going back to the fact that we live in a much better um, place
place, a much better time. Wherever Christianity has spread and spread widely, uh, slavery has, has uh, gone by the wayside. And that's a, that's a huge, huge, huge blessing. Praise the Lord, right? But need to use the same language that Paul is using. Slavery was, was a, um, it was something that was common then. Even, remember, even Paul writes to Philemon, right? Why, why, do, you, do you remember why Paul wrote, writes to Philemon? Right, and what, what this is, this is, okay. In this day and age, this is a crazy thought. Paul tells Onesimus to do what? To go back to Philemon. Today we go, oh no, no, no. We, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna keep him away. We're gonna, yeah, what's, you know, it's better for him. And of course it was. And, and Paul, Paul was really great. He said, look. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm sending him back to to you to submit to you, but I'm asking you to set him free because he's going, he's my, and he call, he calls him my son. This is my son, and if 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 he has, if there's any charge that he has he has put to you, put it on my account. And he said, I look, I could, I could force you to do this because I'm over you in the Lord, but I'm not going to. I'm going to appeal to you into your heart as a father. This, my son now is useful to me. Set him free and let, it, and let him serve both of us. Right? It's an amazing, amazing thing that we, we would not, um, it's something we don't, can't really relate with these days. But um, back in the Roman times, um, a slave was a tool. Okay? You had, you had immobile tools, Right, like a hammer. You had mobile tools like a an ox or a, a horse or something like that. You had um, uh, non uh, and you had um, uh, slaves that were able to speak. Right, but they were considered just another tool. That was the status of slaves then. They were just another tool. Okay, think, think about it this way. Um, anybody, who, who here has, has or has had an, an Alexa? Anybody? The Amazon little thing? Did you, no? Oh, boy, that's a little fall flat. Siri. How about Siri? Anybody use Siri? Wow. Okay. All right. Alexa is, you know, the Amazon little... little um, thing that you can say, hey, hey, Alexa, um, play X, Y, and Z, or hey, Alexa, order X, Y, and Z from Amazon, and it will talk to you, hey, Alexa, what's the weather? If I say, hey, Siri, will it respond to me? <laughs> say, hey, Siri, what's the weather? And it'll, it'll pop up and say, and it'll say, the weather, the weather outside is frightful, <laughs> right? Um, Okay, so, so but now listen to me. If you were to drop Alexa into your bathtub, you might be upset because you've just lost a lot of money. But it, would, would you would you would you give it a burial? Right? Would you would you would you take it to the hospital and say, "Oh, would you please fix my Alexa? I, I dropped it in the bathtub." Right? 
or you, you might, if you, if you dropped your phone in the, in, in the lake, you might pull it out. You might cry because you've lost all your contacts and you've lost all your, right? But you, you're not going to take it in and, and you're not going to try to give it CPR, right? You might dump it in a, a big thing of rice and hope that that works and pulls all the water out. Okay, but this is, that is a talking tool that we have. That is kind of like the, where the status of a slave was back in the Roman Empire. Is a tool that was able to speak. And that was it. All right, so um, I'm going to just try to give you sort of the attitude of, of what was there. I'm not saying it was right in any form or fashion. That's where history was. And praise God, we're not there now. So Paul is saying, look, um, slaves, you need to work as you do to Christ. Do everything you do as you would to Christ. Masters, you need to treat your slaves as you would have Jesus treat you. Let me take this another step further. Okay? This is in the family here. We, this is a lot talking about how do you serve as an employee and as an employer. How do you serve as an employee and an employer? As an employee, you, you may or may not be working for somebody who's a Christian. M many of my jobs, I was not working for somebody who's a Christian. In fact, I, I tell you, I was... Um, in, in between jobs, one time I worked as a cashier. And uh, it was really kind of funny because um, the manager, I was, at, I, was at, um, I was at Bass Pro Shop, okay? If you've ever been to a Bass Pro Shop. Um, I worked construction, I worked at Bass Pro Shop. My, my sister-in-law said, well, you're, being, you're becoming more like Jesus, a fisherman and a construction guy, <laughs> right? <laughs> a carpenter. So um, I was at Bass Pro Shop, and the, my direct manager told everybody before I came on, said, I just hired a preacher. And it took me the longest time to make any friends because they all were like, oh, my goodness, is everybody, <laughs> let me stay away from that guy. But you know what? It really, um, I ended up being able to um, you know, be a good presence there, to be able to talk with people, let people know that you know, as, as a preacher, you're not, you don't have to be weird about things. You can you can live life. You can have fun. Uh, one of the young ladies that, that worked there with me, she ended up getting married at the time, so she asked me to do the wedding. Uh, we invited her and her fiancé over to do some marital, premarital counseling with them. We were able to talk about Jesus, you know, and I was able to go and, and perform the, the ceremony. Um, but it was, a, it was a place that... I was not working with someone who was a Christian over me. So what, what did I do? I, I did the best that I could. I tried to do everything as, as there to the Lord. I tried to be the best employee I could. I tried to serve well. I tried to um, you know, be friends with those that were, were uh, there also and, and, and to be a, a good witness and a good example. You do it all unto Jesus. I had to do that with um, uh, being in construction as well because I think I was the only one who had not been in prison or jail on our entire crew. And let me tell you, that is a humbling experience when you're 
uh, you know, you're up there and you don't know what you're doing and you've got these guys who have all been in different locations than where you've been ever and you're saying, hey, would you please show me how to do that because I have no idea how to load this gun, right? Because <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to do this at all. And Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> a, a nail gun. You know, whether it's a, a roofing gun or a, a framing gun. Thank you. Not, 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 a, not a 45. Um, okay, so. But, you know, I, I, got, I got more respect a lot of times from the people who totally knew they were bad, knew that they were, you know, I remember one time I was just telling him, uh, it's a totally different experience working with, with Sean. Yeah, Sean is a, a Christian working construction with him. It's a totally different experience working with a bunch of guys that have no idea. I, um, there's one time I was uh, sitting at a job site waiting and the uh, guys pulled up and uh, he, he bumped my car. He bumped my truck. He, he just kind of pulled up and looked and, and bumped the back of my bumper. And, and his face, he went, I'm going to hell for sure. I just hit the preacher's car. Okay? But they knew who I was. They knew who I was. They knew I was a Christian. They, they knew that um, if there was something wrong, they could, they could ask me. There was, there was one guy, you know, I was I would interact with quite a bit and say, look, this is this is what you need to do. This is you know you need to you need to I'll, I'll pray for you about this, right? I was able to be I was able to give that advice. I, I, I was I was esteemed because I worked hard and I did what I needed to do. I did it unto to, to Christ, and I was esteemed for that. Even though the bosses that I had um, were at different levels of, of not being a Christian. Okay? Now, as a Christian boss, you need to do the exact same thing in the opposite way. You need to realize that, that our real boss, the big boss, right? Our master is in heaven. So, as an employee, whether you're working for a Christian or whether you're working for a non-Christian, you're doing everything as to Christ. They should, they should look at you and say, you know what, the best employee I have is Tim. The best employee I have is Joanne. She works the hardest or he works the hardest. Everything he does, he puts his whole, his whole self into the product that he, he, he puts out or the product that she puts out is, is, is the best. I know that if I'm going to give something to someone, I'm going to be, it's going to be to her, it's going to be to him because they're going to get it done. They're going to get it done well. Why? Because that, we're working just like the Jesus was our boss. Now, same as also, if you are a boss, you're going to treat everybody well because, because you are going to be the shining example of your boss in heaven. How does, how does Jesus, how is, is he, is he a harsh taskmaster? No. He's one to say, put my yoke of love upon you. Because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He's going to be one who's going to get in the trenches with you. 
Now, he may delegate. He might say, this is, this is what I need you to do, but he's going to be one to get in the trenches with you. He's going to show you how it's done. He's going to, he's going to love you, and he's going to care for you, and he's going to say, look, we, we all make mistakes. When you make a mistake, let me show you how it's done better. But here, I'm going to love you through it. I'm going to help you through it. I'm going to, I'm going to be serving you. I'm going to push you along. I'm going to, I'm going to be a coach Right? We need to model the master's behavior both in being a good worker but also as in being a good boss. We do it unto Christ but we also realize that when we are being the boss we need to act like Jesus to our people. Okay? Now, I want to, I want to come back to the uh, the father son mother daughter real quick and I want I want to I want to really sum this up and ask the question here and then I want to pray for everybody. If you do not have a father or mother, you need to get one. Okay. If if I if I were to ask you who is your spiritual father who's your spiritual mom. And if you have to pause, if I, I, I said that, if you have to go, then, then you don't have one. Okay? And you need to get one. If you, I don't need to be everybody's papa, and that's fine with me. All right? I need to provide, if you, if you don't have one, you can't find one, talk to me. Talk to Ruth. All right? And there's other, there's other men and women in here that can be a spiritual mom or dad, right? Find who you're connected with and connect to them, okay? If you need somebody, you can't find somebody, come to me, come to Ruth. But find somebody so, and, and make that intentional. Right? Say, look, can, will you disciple me? Or will, will you, you know, I, I need I need someone I can call on. Will you be that person for me? Okay. Because in that the the blessing of the Father is the blessing to succeed. And I know everybody in here needs to be able to succeed. Whether that is succeeding at. Um, Family matters, succeeding in works, succeeding in um, whatever you put your hands to. I know that we need that blessing. And we need more kids. We need more spiritual kids in here, right? And some more physical kids coming along. Right? If you want to have spiritual kids, you need to be a son or a daughter. And then God can bless you with some spiritual kids too. All right? So I'm asking the question, if you need that, let's get it right. All right? But now I want to pray for you. I want to pray that blessing because there, there, I want to pray, pray the blessing of the Father over you. Okay? And I want to also pray for that spirit of that, that anointing to build community 
to come and to, to rest and reside right here so that a community could be built for everyone on the outside to look in and say, whatever they have, that's what I want. Whatever that group has, that's what I want to have because I need that. Okay, let's pray together. Lord, I pray for each person here in the name of Jesus. Lord, I, I pray that you will let uh, each and every person, man, woman, child, whatever age, Lord, let them connect with somebody and have a spiritual mom and dad. Lord, we, we've got some great, great, great um, fathers and mothers in here that they need to have some spiritual kids. They're mature in the faith. They love you. They've followed you for years, and they need some spiritual kids. Lord, I pray that, that everyone in here will be connected in that way, that everyone in here will, will have a spiritual mom, a spiritual dad that they can look to, that they can... Um, grasp onto that, that, that they will have the blessing and favor of the fathers and mothers in their lives. Lord, I, as, as the pastor in this church, I speak the blessing of the Father onto each and every person here. The blessings of Abraham the blessing of success, the blessing of provision, the blessing of long life, the blessing of children and inheritance. I release those blessings upon every person in this congregation, whether they're here today or whether they're not here today. I release the blessings of the Father upon this church. And Lord, I ask also that the anointing for community, the anointing for those father-son, those mother-daughter relationships, the anointing for community, the anointing to, uh, to build a, a community um, that is far beyond uh, the group we, we currently have. Lord, let that anointing rest and rest powerfully upon this church that everyone on the outside will, will look and say, I want what they have. And of course, we'll tell them exactly how to get it. Bring them in, Lord. Bring them in. Lord, thank you so much. Lord, I pray that we will be a shining example in our jobs, a shining example in our family, a shining example in our uh, husband-wife relationships, a shining example in how we act before this world of how you are as father, son, as master, servant. You're so good, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name. Amen.